The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Round Ball Stew on the Roto World Network. I'm Dan Titus. That's Raphael Johnson, and we're at week 24. Most of the fantasy basketball season should be over, but I do understand there are some degenerates out there and risk takers that want to ride this all the way through their NBA regular season, which ends this Sunday. But uh, Raph, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Um, Got some things to get off my chest regarding the Portland Trailblazers, but we can do that a little (laughs) bit later in the podcast. Yeah, the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, you're right. So, so positives. Hopefully, you're able to capture your fantasy basketball titles. If you weren't, you know, make sure that you, you know, lock back into Round Ball Stew. We're going to be giving you guys episodes throughout the offseason, keeping you apprised of everything that's going on, whether it be draft selections, uh, trade rumors, free agency, all of that stuff, summer league. So make sure you continue to tap in with us. But um, yeah, since it's the final week of the NBA season. Um, there's going to be some there's going to be some stuff going down, whether it be resting uh, injuries. And I know that's what Raph was kind of alluding to with the mm-hmm. Portland Trailblazers and their injury report. But on a positive note, Joel Embiid last night, 52 points against the Boston Celtics. Uh, yeah, against the Boston Celtics. Um, the Sixers were able to finally get a victory and, and break that streak of four games losing to the Boston Celtics. I mean, I think that that was the stamp of the MVP. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. You know, it keeps them alive in the race for the two seed. I think there's still two games back with three to play, and Boston has the head-to-head tiebreaker, so it's still going to be difficult for Philly to get that. But, you know, I think the performance that Embiid put forth, 52 points on good shooting percentages, yeah. You know, compare that to Jokic having his struggles in his first game back and the loss of the Rockets. I think that, that the final games, obviously not the final game for either guy, but those last impressions, I think, are going to be what pushes and beat over the top. And I think hopefully once he gets his MVP, we can just stop talking about all of it, you know, at this point. But I doubt that's going to happen. So, Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Boston Celtics were without Jalen uh, Brown, and they were also out mm-hmm. um, Robert Williams. So, yep. you know, to only keep it at a two-point game, I mean, the end of that game was absolutely nuts. I, of course, <laughs> the Sixers – Sixers two and a half. That did not go well on Battle Ooh. of the Bets. But, um, yeah, what is – I mean, P.J. Tucker, great ending of the game there. Just, like, huge boost from the three-point yeah. line. But awful foul at the end of the game there. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it was a – as you said, I think that this this race is really coming down to who's going to screw up the least. And Jokic having eight turnovers against the Houston Rockets is certainly something yeah. that's not going to – bode well for for voters but who knows i don't know this still could end mm-hmm. up as a co-mvp situation um both outstanding players and it was just great to see Embiid go out for a number another monster game against uh one of the best teams in the eastern conference um going to, to another game in the eastern conference not one of the best teams well the cleveland cavaliers are orlando magic yeah. or not they've officially been eliminated from playoff contention but you know they hung around and, and played well mm-hmm. but uh shout out to donovan mitchell 
four straight 40-point performances, fourth player in NBA history to do so, joining Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, James Harden. Um, pretty special what, what he's been doing. I yeah. know I asked you last week, where would you draft him next year? Um, does this give you – I mean, does another 40-point performance move you any higher up his rankings of where you where would rank him or where you would draft him next season? Not too much because that next game is another game against the Magic on Thursday. And as you mentioned, they're officially elim- eliminated from postseason contention. I don't. That's not the type of team that strikes me as one that's going to put guys on ice because they still have a lot of young talent that needs to get game reps. So I think it would be fine. But in terms of Mitchell, I don't think this hot stretch is going to change too much for me. I think he's a second rounder. Um Maybe at the t- I think at the earliest I would go is at that turn between rounds one and two, but I don't think I would go in terms of like a lock first round pick, just because I think in terms of guards I prefer someone like a Shea Gilgis Alexander or Tyrese Halliburton because they can get you the assists and all that all that stuff. That Mitchell he's more primarily of a scorer. He can get you assists obviously, but not to the level of those guys. And I think if I'm going to go with a point guard that early, I want one of those two instead of him. Yeah, it's going to be – yeah, I would say an early second-round pick. Like, I think he's definitely charting into the Damian Lillard territory, maybe. Um, you know, he was like a – Lillard was like right outside the first round. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, Trey Young, you know, in, in that in that same conversation. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of just Donovan Mitchell. Um, I, I'd be surprised if they played on Thursday, to be honest, just because yeah. they already have it locked up They're in the four seed pretty yep. much. Mm-hmm. So there's really no there's really no reasoning to to kind of force them out there, um, him and Evan Mobley. So if you have those guys rostered, um, could be Karis Levert season coming up pretty pretty uh, soon here. Um, wanted to also touch on uh, Andrew Wiggins and uh, his imminent return to the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, he was going through personal matters, and the the yeah. organization did a great job of protecting his privacy. Um, mm-hmm. The media as well. Bob Myers acknowledged that in a post game presser. Um, but just want to get your thoughts on what this could potentially do for the Golden State Warriors as they're right now they're locked into the five. They're not locked in. Yeah. They're tied for the five they're seed. Fine, yeah. um, mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a pretty interesting ending of the season for seeds six through ten here um, yeah. or five through ten, I should say. But uh, what do you think this does for the, the Warriors? I, I think it's going to be a great thing. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Um, most notably on a defensive end. You know, obviously you have Draymond yeah. Green. Um, Clay Thompson is still a good defender, even though he's not defending at the level that he did before those injuries, which is what you would expect. But you get another high-level wing defender in Wiggins back. He can give them good production offensively as well, but I think the defensive impact is going to be what's going to be especially big for that group going into the postseason. Yeah, yeah, they're going to – I think they're going to hit their stride right at the right time. And, you know, Wiggins Mm -hmm. admitted that he's been staying – you know, staying in shape, getting in the gym. Yeah. So it shouldn't take much ramp up time for him to get back into the swing of things. Probably puts a damper on uh, Gary Payton Jr. or Gary Payton II a little bit. Maybe Jonathan Kaminga, but I think Kaminga is going to be a guy that's going to definitely uh, remain in the rotation. Moses Moody's probably going to go back to the bench. Um, but I think that this is going to be a great, a great thing for the Warriors that they're going to, mm-hmm. this is the team that you don't want to see catch yeah. stride, you know, rise or get into the, into the playoffs here. Definitely going to be a dangerous team as a five or a six seed wherever they end up. Um, didn't have it on here, but I figured it's, it's it's worthwhile to mention the Mavericks and their implosion. And news coming out that Luca's out here complaining that you know I you know my defense may not be the best. I've been playing for three straight years with no yeah. breaks. Um, 
But it also came out that Kyrie, despite having been eligible for an extension, is still going to test free agency. So this is pretty much just blowing up in Mark Cuban's and the Dallas Mavericks face right now for what they gave up, the potential of not keeping Kyrie Irving and pretty much Luka admitting like, yo, we messed up. Jalen Brunson Mm -hmm. was the guy we had him. We had him here and we let him go. So, yeah, just want to get your thoughts on the Dallas Mavericks situation. Yeah, it's funny. Someone made a joke on Twitter. Uh, I guess Mark Cuban was complaining about something wrong with his account and yeah, how he paid for Twitter Blue. Like he's willing to pay for that, but he wasn't willing to pay Jalen Brunson. I thought that was pretty funny. But um, yeah, I, I think a lot of us knew that Brunson was good. But one, I don't know if we knew that he would be a borderline elite point guard as he's been with the Knicks. And we also didn't realize just how impactful his exit was in Dallas. So I think that's yeah. part of it. And I think there's something to what Lucas said about playing three straight years. You know, the schedule's been weird because of COVID. You know, they had the four-month hiatus, 2020, then a quick restart to the next season. That ran long until almost July, if I'm not mistaken. And then you start off at the regular point the following season. So maybe, hopefully this bodes well from a fantasy and a real basketball standpoint for next season. But it doesn't really help the Mavericks now, obviously. So, um and they're at a point where I don't want to say that they have to re-sign Kyrie, but you give up what they gave up. I don't know. It might be in their best interest to shut this thing down, even though it sounds weird to say that pick lands outside of the top 10. It's going to New York. And that's mm-hmm. a franchise that hasn't been great when it comes to attracting free agents. So they've had to do these things via trades. Um, but I think they need some sort of infusion of young talent with that roster that can help them out because the guys that they have around Luca and Kyrie, if he's part of their future fan future plans, really aren't cutting it right now. Yeah. Christian Wood isn't cutting it. Um I like what I've yeah. seen out of Jaden Hardy. Like he looks good. Yeah. I think Josh mm-hmm. Green could be a good rotational yeah. player, but like is he that's not playoff contention type squad right there that's rebuilding yeah. um and you're right i think they do need to mail it in you to to be able to give up that pick that could go to brooklyn man that would just be another just another uh, going l to up, up on the else yeah oh yeah this one's going to oh, new york the because Knicks. of the porzingis oh, yeah and then they have future oh, picks that are going to brooklyn uh, so yeah. it gets worse <laughs> <laughs> man that is brutal um, speaking of brutal, Jamal Murray suffered a thumb injury last night. Um, good news for Bruce Brown, I guess. If you're still playing yeah. in fantasy, he's like about 55% rostered. He'll likely step into those minutes. Um, but yeah, this is the wrong time. Um, do we get, I didn't see much of an update on Jamal Murray's thumb injury, but um, did you hear anything? No, he was questionable, but they never brought him back in. So that that's the extent of what I heard last night. They never, they never announced that he would not return, but you know, at that point, there's still two games up on Memphis. There's still a little bit of work to be done to lock down that one seed. But I think, if anything, you're more concerned about the way in which they've been playing. Um, Jokic coming back despite the eight turnovers is big for them, but the chemistry <laughs> seemed a bit off. And so yeah. in that regard, the Murray injury does not help at all. Man, and it definitely does not at this at this stage in the game. I think that they'll be all right. I think it was probably a precautionary thing. Haven't heard anything yeah. regarding surgery or anything like that. So hopefully it's just something that, you know, the Nuggets are in a great position right now. Mm-hmm. They'll go cruising into the playoffs. So um, hopefully Jamal Murray is good because we definitely want to see a healthy Nuggets squad actually make a run at this. Um, the Portland Trailblazers that we talked about, I think this is soapbox time. 
Um, pretty much everyone that I would think was in the probably the top seven of their rotation has been ruled yeah. out <laughs> over the last couple of games. Wild spreads, you know, 19 mm-hmm. and a half points. They wound up beating the Timberwolves a couple games ago. That was really embarrassing loss yeah. for the Timberwolves. And then they come back, you know, 18 and a half point dogs against the the, the Grizzlies and pretty much keep it competitive. Um, I don't know. There's something about the parity in the league now that the talent is just so good, or maybe it's just that these good teams just kind of, you know, go through the motions and don't really take these teams too seriously. But, you know, from a fantasy perspective, man, you're digging in the crates for fantasy value right now. And Drew Eubanks, definitely somebody that will continue to roster. Um, Just a blocking machine, but also provides a low-end double-double. But Skylar Mays has emerged as fantasy (laughs) a fantasy asset. Um, yeah. because mainly because Shading Sharp got benched in the fourth. So I don't. Is Shading Sharp even a person you can rely on now? Matisse Thibel was ruled out in advance. Like they're trying to save Matisse Thibel. Who else? Can, who else is going to be out next week or next game? <laughs> I, the floor is yours. I, the floor is yours. I'm just trying not to cuss right now. Like, that was the Shading Sharp situation last night was ridiculous. Like. 20 points in 29 minutes. I couldn't imagine being a fantasy manager and you have him rostered. Like, all right, he's playing well. Give him a good line here. Get a quick break. Maybe come back in and kind of close this thing out the last three or four minutes. Subbed out with eight to go. Did not come back. Um, Like, I don't know. It's not like he's someone where he's proven. He's played well recently, but I'd imagine that if you're looking at someone as a potential building block, you're going to want him to get all the live game reps that he can down the stretch. And let's be honest, that whole team is constituted is not going to win games. Like you don't need to put the guy on ice to make sure you don't win. Like we're not talking about a super winning with Lillard in the lineup. Exactly. It's like, we're not talking about a, a sleepy Floyd versus the Lakers type situation where he might go off and win this game by himself. Like, come on. It, it's ridiculous. Um, and it goes back to the conversation we had last week about when you should end fantasy seasons, different types of formats, because it's like the last three to four weeks are borderline waste from a fantasy standpoint. You know, so I, I don't know, man. The Portland wasteland. <laughs> Still some things you can extract from it, but like, yeah, you're right, man. Like Shane Sharp, 20 points in 29 minutes. Dude was cooking. Um <laughs> And then he just like, all right, let's just pull him. So I can, I think we can assume that we're not going to see much of Shaden Sharp down the stretch, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, pick up Skylar Mays. He had uh, twenty four <laughs> points, almost. Uh, high, what do you have? Yeah, yeah, eight eight rebounds, seven dimes, and only uh, and no turn no turnovers. So uh, yeah. yeah, looking real solid there. Um, yeah, and and I guess the final thing I just, I think it's important to talk about is what's going on with this playoff race. Mm-hmm. Um. Just on a bit, you know, the Western Conference is obviously the, the most competitive here with seeds five through five through ten, like really in a in a in a in a freaking I mean it's a tight, tight race. How many games have we got separating right now? It's uh you've got four games four, between four the Warriors. games in the lost column. Yeah. Yeah. Warriors and the so Mavericks. The wa- um Warriors, Mavericks, we got the Clippers tied. Um so yeah, and then the Lakers, so the Lakers decided to just bench everybody tomorrow you know lebron's not going to play anthony davis uh i believe d is also questionable 
This is some weird. This is some interesting strategy here. <laughs> that's that's what happens when you don't take care of business. I guarantee you, if they closed out Utah when they should have, AD and LeBron are probably playing tonight against the Clippers. Instead, they don't do it. Goes overtime, and now those guys are out. And they've already lost the head-to-head tiebreaker with the Clippers. I think Clippers are 3-0 in the regular season series, so that's not going to matter. But still, if you're the Lakers, I think that makes it all the more important that you win this game because you need to finish a game ahead of them in order to get that the higher seed. And right now we're talking the difference between 6 and 7. And you look at the age of these guys, you know, the, t- the tread on the tires, so to speak, the last thing I think you'd want is for them to be playing in a play-in tournament. So – I don't know, man. Maybe they, maybe Darvin Ham and those guys know something that I don't, but see how it works out for them. <laughs> Good luck. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm curious. Who do you think is going to win out between the the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Mavs here? I mean, the Jazz are still having outside chance here. They're only like yeah. a game out in the loss column. So, like, these three teams are really going to be fighting it out over the, the course of the, the next uh, four days. I think Dallas will ultimately get it done. Um, the thing is, you know, Oklahoma City, two games left. Utah and Memphis, that Memphis game probably won't mean anything uh, in terms of seeding. So I think Memphis pretty much locked into the two at this point. Not officially, yeah. but it's really close to that. Um, Dallas needs to beat them by a game because Oklahoma City has the head-to-head tiebreaker. So I just need to bring up Dallas's schedule here to take a quick look at it. Their last yeah, three Dallas games, Sac- Sac- yeah. Sacramento, Chicago, and, and San Antonio. So that's probably mm-hmm. two. I mean, that's three potential victories there. Um, we'll see what Sacramento decides to do if they want to rest yeah. anyone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, but you're kind of hoping the Kings sit there, guys. I, I think Chicago is still fighting for positioning. San Antonio is San Antonio. We know that they're done. So I think it'll be funny to see who the Spurs put out there on Sunday. Um, that's one team I would not touch at all on that slate if you're playing fantasy or DFS. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, the Mavs have to win out to get yeah. and get help to make the play in because mm-hmm. they don't have the tiebreaker versus OKC. Man, that is <laughs> this is the craziest playoff race <laughs> I think we've had in a long time. I mean, I think mm-hmm. the play in the play in tournament has definitely been a nice bonus for the NBA because at least we're getting these bottom feeders. That yeah. may not, you know, they may not make a title run, but at least we're, we're getting some competition late in the season. Uh, moving over to the Eastern Conference here, where the Brooklyn Nets are, are looking pretty good in terms of it's really a battle between the, the Heat and the Brooklyn Nets to get that sixth seed. Yeah. Um, only a game out are the, are the Miami Heat. That's going to be very important. Um, and then the Atlanta Hawks are anywhere between the eight and the 10 spot, al- along with Toronto Raptors and the Chicago Bulls. Um, I don't think the Pacers are going to catch that 10 seed. You know, they're four. Those, back in the those teams are all eliminated. So we know the yeah. 10 who are going to be in, in the East. We just don't know the exact order outside of Cleveland versus New York. Right. Right. So Trey Young took off last night. Um, we'll see. They're, they've been floating mm-hmm. back and forth over 500. Pretty inconsistent team, but, you know, it's certainly dangerous, as specifically what they did to the Knicks last year. The Toronto Raptors, uh, I don't. I don't know, man. It's we'll see. I don't know. This is this is gonna. I don't. I'm not really too. I'm not too interested actually in much of that back end. You know, outside of the top five, I think those are the only serious teams yeah. in the East. Mm-hmm. Knicks, I agree with Cleveland, that. 
Sixers, Boston, and, and the Bucks, obviously. Um, so yeah, let's um let's get into some injury stuff, some additional stuff. But before you do, make sure you download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by fa- favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. So the Jazz... We talked about them a little bit, just that they have a outside chance to actually sneak in there. But Walker Kessler and Lori Markinen are probably not going to be playing again this season. Um, Colin Sexton did return last night, which is interesting. But what are your what are your expectations here down the stretch for Utah? Anybody worth rostering? Um, I think Sexton. I think he's still going to be around that sixteen to twenty minute mark, just because of the injury that we're dealing with here, missing an extended period of time with the hamstring. Um, that said, I think he's pretty much safe from being shut down just because they still need to see what they have there. Um, is he a potential point guard of the future? Is he someone who has to play off the ball? You, you hope he's not going to be in a situation where they think he's best served coming off the bench because they paid a lot of money to get that deal done to bring him off the bench like $75 million. That would not be a good situation if you're the Utah Jazz. So I think they want to figure that out. Taylor Horton Tucker's in a similar boat, albeit at a much lower price point in terms of salary. So I think those two guys will be fine. Um, Luka Samanich has given him good minutes recently. So I think that's someone else to keep an eye out for uh, down the stretch. Kelly Olenek, I'm not too sure about. I think he might be a shutdown no. candidate, but I think he's someone I would not risk anything with at this point. So Samanich, Sexton, THT, and Chris Dunn, all the guys I really like right now. And Agbaji. You, you yeah, did, I forgot uh, about you, him. You, you, yeah. you, you definitely been a you definitely been yeah. touting him for, for at least the last yeah. few weeks. Um definitely a good threat from three scoring. Um doesn't really do much for rebounds and assists, but you know, he, he definitely plays defense a little bit too. So um I think he's gonna benefit. We're not gonna see Jordan Clarkson for much all these vets are probably gonna be rested down the stretch. Just doesn't make sense to play them, um, especially with your your main guys out. Um mm-hmm. And then also the Wizards have had a really interesting – sorry, Adam. Um, you just got slaughtered <laughs> last night by Giannis. Adam's our producer and loyal, loyal Wizards supporter, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, their injury report is just looking gross. 
Kuzma out. Porzingis been chilling. Um, DeLon Wright is now missing time. I'll, Johnny Davis looks pretty good. John, yeah. uh, Johnny Davis, he's 20 looking, with a full line last night. So. He's looking pretty good. So, like, I, I think yeah. that that's a player. Um, Washington actually has three games the last uh, over the course of the, the, the next four days. Um, yeah. Five days, I can't count. Um, <laughs> but they play Atlanta, Miami, and Houston. Houston, I mean, Sunday night is going to be a gross, like, slate. It's 15 games. I don't know what the NBA is doing throwing 15 games on a Sunday when they only have like what four, three or four on one, two, three games on Saturday. Like why? Yeah. I just don't understand it. Doesn't doesn't make and it's a back to back for some teams too. Like just mm-hmm. awful scheduling. But anyway, um, I would definitely look at Johnny Davis if they're going to continue to have all these injuries out. Um, he's going to be getting a lot of minutes and. Um, Daniel Gafford also, if you need a big man, yeah. rebounds, blocks, he can help you there. But anyone else? Um, and what are, what are your thoughts just in general on the Washington injury report? Yeah, this team's not very good. You know that I don't really know <laughs> too much to say, but yeah, I think Davis Gafford, Corey Kispert, he didn't shoot the ball well. Kispert's last been night, going off, yeah. But I think he's someone else to keep an eye on because Denny Avdia has been out as well. So mm-hmm. you, know, you lose him, all you pretty much got a full starting five on the injury report. Kendrick Dunn may have some viability as well. You know, he played well last night with a full line. He scored 24 points against the Bucs. So I think I would go Johnny Davis ahead of him, but Kendrick Nunn in extremely deep leagues that is still active might be worth the roll of the dice with three games left this week. Yeah, he got a – that was a nasty Giannis chase down block at the rim um, on Kendrick Nunn last night. Um, Just love the effort by Giannis when he actually, you know, he always goes. He always goes pretty hard. Yeah. Um, the Knicks have. Uh, they're pretty much locked into the into the five spot now. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see people miss games. Julius Randle still out with his ankle injury. They're going to need him healthy for the playoffs. So don't imagine mm-hmm. he's going to be back. R.J. Barrett's been going through some illness. He's questionable for Wednesday, and then just got word from the Roto World app that Jalen Brunson's going to be out. So. Are there people that you're interested in picking up? I mean, the Knicks do have three games also to close out the week here um, mm-hmm. against Indiana, the Pelicans, and actually play Indiana twice. So yeah. maybe Quentin Grimes, um, Emmanuel Quickly is obviously going to cook, but he's well yeah. rostered right now. Anybody mm-hmm. else that you think you could you could you could uh, slot into your lineups? I would say Obi Toppin at this point. You know, I think he's he's going to be available in a lot of leagues still, and you know he's going to start. Um, with Brunson out as well, I think he should be able to get or approach 30 minutes minimum tonight. So I think Obi Toppin is someone else to take out to take a really hard look at. But like you mentioned, Quentin Grimes has been playing really well of late. And he's someone that his minutes are going to be pretty secure unless they decide to shut him down as well. Um, I can't wait till we get to Sunday and end up having to see someone like Trevor Keels on the court. But yeah. <laughs> good for, good for him. But, at least it's not Evan yeah. Fournier, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um Fournier's gotten rotation minutes too, but no, nah, we're not we're not going that no, far. No. Um and the Pistons might as well end on Detroit. Um I thought it was pretty telling. Paul George was saying on his podcast that he hopes that the Pistons don't screw up with Jalen Duran. Mm-hmm. And I think we got our first glimpse of what maybe this future front court looks like with James Wiseman starting at center and 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 Duran playing the four. Um wonder uh, 
what how do you think that the, the Pistons are gonna play this this situation? Because they still have beef stew there too. Is Jalen yeah. Dern someone you're gonna draft next season based off of what you know the upside is of him, what he's done when he actually plays like he's an instant double double, mm-hmm. um, can definitely give you some blocks too. Um I don't know. He looks like a solid big man. And for those that didn't hear about it, but Paul George was saying like how impressed he was that he's yeah. called him a, like a baby, a baby Dwight Howard for like how mm-hmm. strong he is and how he can't be moved on the block. He just has a lot of upside. Um, so yeah, hopefully they don't screw it up, but I don't know. I, I like Jalen Dern. I, I'm probably yeah. going to draft him um, as a mid mid round big. If I need some rebounds. Hmm. I, I'm not sure if I would go that high. I think he's definitely draftable um, of the Pistons bigs. I think he's the one guy that I'd be comfortable drafting. Uh, Wiseman, you know, he he still needs to get more reps. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing just because of how little he played in college and in the injuries with Golden State. So, you know, you've got him. you got Marvin Bagley, who was out last night. you got Isaiah Stewart. I don't – I think they're going to have to move someone who I'm not sure, but – I don't think I think that's just too many bigs. I know they tried to get Stewart to add a three point shot to his game last offseason. Touch and go with that. But yeah, I think Duran's the one I'm most excited about. I don't know if I'd go middle round, but he's definitely someone that I'd take. I guess I'd say just outside the top one hundred for me personally. Yeah, mid to late is fair. I, I think that's mm-hmm. that's that's definitely a fair a fair assumption. Um if they do something, like I feel like beef stew is probably their best tradable asset like i don't know maybe marvin bagley but like i don't know bagley he looked good in the contract but i I don't know the contract mixed in with the health i think is definitely the red flag Mm -hmm. there um but yeah if uh but if you for those that don't know or aren't paying attention to it baseball started last week we're in the first full week of baseball but every season is draft season get your roto world draft guide bundle today and dominate your football baseball and or basketball drafts packed with profiles, rankings, projections. Order today and get all three Roto World draft guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code Berry. That is B E R R Y and save an extra twenty percent at checkout. So for the rest of the week, man, we went through a couple of different players. Is there anyone else that you would think that's going to be helpful for the final, you know, the final week of this season? Hmm. It's a good question. Uh, I think a lot of the guys are pretty much rostered at this point. Um, I got a guy. All right, let's hear it. Svi Michael. yeah. Yeah, uh, that dude is actually 40, top 40 over the last seven days, averaging Mm -hmm. 20 points uh, over four rebounds, six assists, and a steal, shooting over 55% from the field. Um, Baller mainly because there's no one playing for the Charlotte Hornets right now. So yeah. line him up, knock him down. He's only 8% rostered. So definitely a guy I would, I would pick up. Yeah. I um, think we mentioned, you mentioned Skylar Mays yeah. earlier. So yeah. he's got three games too. So that's a good one. Johnny Davis. So there's only six teams that have two games the remainder of the week. So it's via is on one of those teams. And I think like, as you mentioned, how productive he's been, it makes sense to, to go there. Go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so every NBA team is playing on Sunday, so it's just a matter of, you know, try to find yeah. those spots. I think Saturday is a great game that you want to – or a great day that you want to stream somebody with only three mm-hmm. games. And I believe uh, – let me see what uh, Thursday is looking like. Thursday has five, five games, so that's another another good opportunity to stream there. So just play play the numbers, see who's available based on those days, and 
good luck for the rest of the season. Um, to close out the show, man, I think we can do a little bit of a retrospective being that most fantasy season, most fantasy basketball seasons are over for, for most players. Um, I did an article this week um, sending out the fantasy awards for MVP, most improved player, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, and comeback player of the year. So to tease it, my fantasy MVP was Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'm curious of who your, who your fantasy MVP is. I think that's fair. Um, as you note in your article, in ADP of about 45. So, you know, you're talking about a guy who's giving you top three value at that pick. I think that's a huge, that's a huge jump. So I, I have no problem with that. I think fantasy MVP, I would lean Nikola Jokic um, just because he's top ranked fantasy player. But I can see an argument for SGA. I see an argument for Joel Embiid as well. So I think it's one of those three would be my fantasy MVP of the season. I agree with that. And I had a Joel. My honorable mentions was Joel Embiid, Jokic, and Jason Tatum. Uh, mm-hmm. Love Tatum just because, and I think I'm probably going to be putting Jason Tatum. I'm going to rank him aggressively next year because his availability yeah. is a great skill set. That dude does not take games off, um, mm-hmm. despite playing through injuries and stuff. Like he's just a very valuable fantasy player. And imagine that ceiling if Jalen Brown actually ends up leaving. Ooh, man, he's going to be he's going to be a beast. Yeah. So fantasy most improved in play. Who's your most improved player? I think it's got to be Lowry Markman for me. He he was a guy that I don't think anyone expected an all-star season out of him when he was included in that Donovan Mitchell trade. Like, okay, he could be a good piece, but I don't know, it felt like we had seen his ceiling early in his career in Chicago, but that's not the case. Um, he's someone who has the look of a player that could be a future building block for that franchise. And it translated into fantasy value as well. So I think he would be my pick for most improved player. Yeah, he was a guy that carried an ADP outside of 90 in the beginning of the season, man. And yeah. Mm-hmm. To, be a, to be a top 20 player by year end and just the growth. I mean, became an all-star points just by far career high. And then he also did it in free throw percentage, three-pointers made, field goal percentage, assists. Like, I mean – Dude is just an absolute monster. I also gave honorable mentions to Tyrese Halliburton, who I think, yeah. you know, shouts to Zach Hanshu, who was, had had him ranked as like the number two player in fantasy this year. Um, definitely took a leap up. Um, Mikhail Bridges, I'd say that was more so like a improvement from being a role player in Phoenix to alpha yeah. dog in, mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. Um, yeah. Also, Nick Claxton had a huge jump this year. Um, you know, led the, leads the league in e-field goal percentage. Um, one of the best blockers in the game, you know, definitely did not foresee him being a top 50 player for this season. And the last person I I, I neglected to mention was Jalen Brunson. Um, Mm -hmm. certainly deserving of that, you know, being that his kind of a role change too of role player, you know, off the bench to bona fide starter and, and, and huge fantasy asset. Um, so yeah, I think all those are, are definitely reasonable options as well. What about rookie of the year? Who you got there? I got Walker Kessler. Um, just because of his impact on the defensive end of the floor. Good field goal percentage. Free throw line is still a bit of an issue, but I think what he brings in terms of the defense, uh, field goal percentage, and rebounding, uh, he's my pick for fantasy rookie of the year. Not a bad pick. I had to do the co-MVPs the first time since yeah. – uh, I think it was co-rookie of the year, excuse me. That was, mm-hmm. I think it was 2000 with Steve Francis and um, – <laughs> who was it? Steve Francis and – Elton Brand. Elton, Elton Brand, Brand. that's right. Elton Brand, yeah. yeah, yeah. And before that, it was Jason Kidd in, in Grand Hill. But yeah, I, I picked Jalen Williams 
um, as well mm-hmm. as Walker Kessler, just because I think Jalen, we saw this this month to month improvement over the course of the season, and you know he was actually the most rostered player on the best fantasy teams in Yahoo leagues um, by thirty percent, um, which is mm-hmm. higher than Walker Kessler, higher than Shagels Alexander, and Nikola Jokic. So. Um, just a phenomenal season for this kid, and I'm really excited to see what this Thunder team looks like next year with Chet in the mix, too, and they're going to have good draft mm-hmm. picks. Like This team is definitely on the rise, and uh, Jalen Williams wound up being a steal this year and easily all-rookie first team, like yeah. definitely in the conversation for Rookie of the Year, although Paolo Bancaro is going to win. Uh, from yeah. a fantasy mm-hmm. perspective, Jalen Williams and Walker Kessler were both better. What about Defensive Player of the Year? You got to go with Trip, Jaron Jackson Jr., I think. The impact that he had on that Memphis defense once he got healthy is incredible. I think he averaged, what, three blocks a game this season. Um, you got that. He can get you a steal as well. Uh, the rebounding is there. I think he's he's my pick. I could see an argument for Brooke Lopez, but I just think Jaron Jackson Jr. is the premier fantasy defender this year. He's the first person in 15 years to average at least three blocks and a steal. Surprisingly, Marcus Camby was a beast. <laughs> Um, he was the last person to do it, and uh, he's also the second youngest player in NBA history to do it at only 23 years old, Jaron Jackson Jr. So sky's the limit for this guy. Um, I think you could also give some consideration to Miles Turner. Like He's always going to mm-hmm. be up there in blocks. Yeah. Um, didn't really do much for steals, though, but I, I think JJJ was definitely the stocks god um, this season. Walker Kessler is certainly going to be up for this conversation mm-hmm. next year. Brooke Lopez early on in the season was carrying fantasy managers in the blocks. Um, he really turned back turned back the clock. Um, so, yeah, I think you can also probably give a nod to Nick Claxton for for a portion yeah. of the season, too. Um, comeback player of the year. What, what are you thinking there? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I know you have Kawhi Leonard. I think I would go with, with Clay Thompson. Um he ha- he showed flashes of what he could bring back to the t- bring to the table last year, but there were still questions. You know, given two years off with two significant injuries, what can he provide you fantasy wise? And I thought he had a very good season given the expectations. So I would go Clay Thompson for comeback player of the year. I feel that man, and uh, he was on my honorable mention list. I was mm-hmm. I was I was definitely caught up in the early season struggles, not to the. Charles Barkley extent of things, but yeah, um, <laughs> definitely doubted. I definitely doubted whether he's going to be able to put it together. Like he was outside the top 250 for probably the first four or five weeks of the season, and then he just turned mm-hmm. it up. Um, you know, scoring, having these scoring barrages that he hasn't had ever in his career. You know, averaging 25 over the course of the last couple of months with Steph out. Um, yeah, definitely came back. I, I think that's a that's a very that's a very good answer there. I think Jamal Murray also gets some credit too, mm-hmm. um, missing much of the much of the year last year and coming back as a top sixty player certainly gets a nod there. And Kawhi Leonard, my argument for him was just that he's been a top five player um, since well, I think January, mid January ish, because he's actually been yeah. playing games. Um, <laughs> so. And then just his efficiency is just so good. You know, it's always going to be a question every year is like, how how much do I want to invest in Kawhi Leonard? And you can build around Kawhi Leonard as long as you have players that can actually play to supplement yeah. those games that he's going to be missing. But um, he did play in his first back to back since April 2021 earlier this week. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe he can turn the corner and maybe play on some of these back to backs heading into the next season. But I think I think the uh, the fun guy is certainly 
certainly looking a lot more comfortable. And he's going to be – we'll see if Paul George can come back uh, for this playoff run. But this Clippers team could be dangerous also at full strength coming into the playoffs. Um, any other superlatives that you want to give out? Any other ones that kind of pique your interest or does that pretty much cover it? I think we pretty much covered it. I'm sure we'll come up with some other stuff. There's always next week for that too. So, yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's really cool concept, article concept came up with. Obviously, we're all going to have those different types of superlatives. So, yeah, it's good to have something else to discuss as opposed to getting upset about the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think that's a good point, Raf. And um, I think we're going to talk about a lot of different things over the course of the next several weeks. Have a mixture of yeah. NBA playoff talk, um, what we're seeing out of certain players, how that could lead into expectations for next season. Uh, we could do like a little early first round look of how we would draft certain teams mm-hmm. if, we, if the league started now. Um, and then we'll just have some offseason conversation. So continue yeah. to tap into Round Ball Stew. We'll be here for the foreseeable future through the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, good luck. If you're still playing fantasy right now, do what you got to do. Pick up these these obscure players to get you the, this fantasy title. And uh, we'll see you next week live on Twitch, 1 p.m. Eastern time on every Wednesday. All right. Talk to you. Peace. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.